Doing good? Good. I'm so glad to see you. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Blaze Smith, and I'm the high school youth pastor. Um, I get the wonderful privilege of working with our youth, and I love it so much. Um, if you are here at our Millard campus, thanks for braving the rain and being here uh, in the early morning. And um, just want to say welcome to you if you're new. If this is like your first time here, uh, I just hope that you feel so loved and encouraged. Um, and then if you are uh, watching online, we just want to say a huge welcome to you. Uh, thanks for joining us. And then down to our guys uh, at Mod 7, uh, thanks for being a part of our church. Uh, we love that you uh, join us every week. Um, so what I want to do before we get in is, is I just want to encourage you. And so um, what, what I have been doing this week is I have been praying for you a lot. And anytime somebody comes up to me and they say, Blaze, I have been praying for you, I feel so, so, so encouraged. And, and this week, a lot of people have been praying for me, and I, and I appreciate those prayers so much. But I want to let you know that I have I've been praying for you. Whether you're in this room or, or you're watching online or, or you're down at Mod 7, like I have been praying for you that God would speak to you in such a real and such a powerful way through his word this morning. And so I'm going to pray, but, but before I do that, I, I want to give you the opportunity to talk to God yourself. Because I feel like a lot of times... Uh, we can come uh, to church, and, and we can talk to our friends, we can talk to our community, and, and then we can listen to a message, and, and then we could leave, leave the auditorium, and we can go talk to more people and have more community, but, but we never actually take time to, to stop and talk to God ourselves. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to give you like 20 seconds to just be real with God. Tell him that you love him. Tell him where you're at in life and, and just ask him to, to speak to you. So let's, let's pray. God, I am so thankful for a new day. God, that your mercies are new every day. God, that you never change. God, and that you love, you love us so deeply and so passionately to the point where you sent your son Jesus to die for us. God, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would just move in us this morning, God, that our hearts would be open to what you have to say to us. God, I believe that everybody here and everybody listening is, is here for a reason. And so, God, I, I pray that you would make that reason evident. God, would you just fill this place? Go ahead and, and take just a few seconds to pray on your own. love you. We pray these things. And all God's people said, <laughs> amen. Amen. It's great. Um, so we have been in this series called Who Am I? And we've been going through the book of Ephesians. Uh, and Paul has been in the first three chapters, he has been telling us who we are in and through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and honestly, this, this question, who am I, is a fundamental, fundamental question that, that all of us ask in one point in our life. I was uh, forced to ask myself this question when I was 21. And, and uh, my life was, was living in two separate areas. I, I was confused because I was claiming to love Jesus. I was claiming to be a follower of Jesus. But yet when I left this place, I would go and live completely different. Going to the bars on the weekends, doing drugs, doing things that I knew were against what I believed and knew were against my God, but yet I was doing them anyway. So I was, I was confused, and I had to ask myself 
this question, who, who am I? And you may be in here this morning or listening, and, and you might be asking yourself the question, who am I? And so what Paul has done in these first three chapters of Ephesians is he's answered this question. He is reminding us, he is reminding the church in Ephesus of who they are in Christ. And so I just want to remind you that you are chosen you, you are chosen sons and daughters of the living God. You have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and what he did on the cross. You, you have been redeemed, and now you are able to live a new life. And because you believed on, believed on Jesus, you, you have been marked with a seal. And the Holy Spirit, God, God's Spirit, God himself is now dwelling inside of you. That is who you are. You are God's glorious possession when he looks at you he thinks that he she they they are mine they are mine Ephesians 2 talks about how how we were once dead in our trespasses but but now we are are made alive in Christ this is who we are if you have accepted Christ as your savior this is who you are so what Paul does in in the last three chapters chapters 4 through 6, is, is in light, and now he's going to talk about in, in light of who you are, in light of all of these things, the fact that you are chosen, the fact that you are redeemed, the fact that you are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit, in light of those things, now this is how you are to live. This is how you are to live. You know, there are um, certain things in this world that uh, just don't have harmony. Like, they, they can't be at peace with one another. So, for example, uh, oil and water. Has anybody ever tried to mix oil and water? And, and, and if you do that, they, well, they don't mix. If you were to pour oil, pour oil on top of water, they, they completely separate. There's no harmony. And even if you were to, to like, shake it up, they would, they, would, they would try to mix, but then they would eventually separate again. There's no harmony. There's no peace between those two things. How many of you have ever woken up in the morning and brushed your teeth? Hopefully all of you did that today. Uh, and then went to the fridge and got a glass of orange juice and drank it. Not a good idea, right? Th those, those two flavors, they're, they're directly opposed. They don't go together. There's no harmony. How many of you have ever uh, stepped on a Lego? Yes? If you have small children, you might have Legos around. Nobody has ever in the history of time stepped on a Lego and thought that was a good idea, right? It just doesn't happen. And if that is you, then you have reached the peak of your life and everything is downhill from now on. <laughs> but like those things, they just don't have harmony. They're directly opposed to one another. What Paul is going to do in our text today is, is that he's going he's gonna to show us that if we have been made new in Christ, then we cannot hold on to our former selves. They're directly opposed. They, they don't live in harmony and that's why if you are a follower of Jesus, that's why sin feels so uncomfortable because you know that's not who you are anymore. You're directly opposed. So what I want to do is I want to go to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 20 through 24. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. If you have your phones, you can click there. But we're going to read these four verses So verse 20, it says, That, however, is not the way of life you learned. 
when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There is this idea that that Paul is presenting to us. It's this idea of putting off the old self and putting on the new self. I love love the language that Paul uses because these words put off and put on are are action verbs. They're, They're calling us to action. And so many times, and this is myself included, but, but so many times we live actionless. You know, we, can, we can say all of the right things and, and we, can, we can come here and, and we can pretend like we have everything together and that everything in our life is perfect and, 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 we, and we can say all of the right things, but, but then when we leave this place, we don't act any different. If someone, if someone were to look at you, they, would, they wouldn't know that you're a Christian because you're not leaving here changed. You're not, you're not allowing the gospel to, to affect your heart. And what happens is, is when we leave this place, we, we blend in. And we start to look like one of, one of these. We start to look like a, like a chameleon where, where we are just blending into our surroundings. Where we take on the attitude and the thinking of every single person around us, whether it's at our job or whether, or whether it's at school or whether it's in our, in our family. Like we, we just blend in and there, there's nothing that really stands out about us. What Paul is, is doing is he's calling us to action. There must be change. There, there must be this, this process of sanctification where, where we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work inside of us and, 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 and to change our hearts and the way that we think and the way that we feel. Paul is saying that, that we've been made new. We have to put away, put off the old self and put on the new self. We've been made new, so let's live like it. So what, is, what does this old self look like? Like, what are, we, what are we putting off and what are we putting on? I want us to go to uh, Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 19, and, and I'm going to go ahead and read those. It says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. You must no longer live as the way that you used to in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. The first thing that Paul is telling us to put off is this idea of of futile thinking. Thinking about things that are meaningless or chasing after things that are meaningless because, because that is what our world is doing is, is they are chasing after things that really have no eternal value. I mean, our society is, is, is chasing status. How many followers can I have? And, and it doesn't matter how I obtain those followers. I'm going to do everything that I can to get as many people to follow me so that I have influence. Our society is chasing status. They're chasing what other people think about them. People are also chasing success. Our, our, our society is, is run by money. 
Like, if you have money, you have power. If you have money, you have influence. And so what does that mean? That means that we need to try to get as much money as we can, and we let that drive all of our decisions. And, and it doesn't matter how it's affecting our family because we're just, we're just chasing after this idea of getting more and more and more money. This is what our world is, is chasing after. They're chasing after themselves. How, how can I make myself feel the best? I'm going to do what I want. Making ourselves feel better. What can I do to make myself feel better? And Paul is telling us that, that this idea of, of chasing things that don't have any eternal value, it does not belong to those who are made new in Christ. Like we are to put off this idea of, of futile thinking, and we are, we are to chase eternal kingdom value. And because you've put off the old self, everything that you do has the opportunity to have meaning, has the opportunity to have eternal impact. And some of you, you might not enjoy your jobs. You might, you might not enjoy wh where you're working, whether it's your boss or your coworkers, or, or maybe you just don't have a passion for what you're doing, but, but let me remind you that everything that you do because you've put on the new self has meaning. Everything. I heard it once said that, that not everything has the same societal significance, but everything has the opportunity to be holy. Meaning this, that the governor of Nebraska, his job, according to society, is more important than a plumber. Sorry if you're a plumber. It's just, the way, it's just the way that it is. According to society, that job is more important than a plumber. But according to God, those jobs have the equal opportunity to be holy, have the equal opportunity to be sacred. So instead of going to your job that you don't enjoy, now you go to it with a heart of thankfulness. And, and God, I'm going to give you this day. Even though I'm not where I want to be, God, I'm going to give it to you today because today I have the opportunity to make eternal impact. The way that you parent changes. You no longer chase after meaningless things in, in, in the way that you parent. But now everything that you do when you parent your children is, is to point them to Jesus. The way that you parent now has, has eternal value. Everything that we do has the opportunity to be meaningful because we have now put on the new self. No longer are we to chase this idea of, of my life just doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what I do. Because everything that you do can have eternal impact. Can have eternal impact. We're also to put off this idea of living calloused. Paul, Paul is telling the, the Ephesian church that, that one time you, you lived in darkness. Look at what verse 18 says. It says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because it's of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. We need to put off this idea of living calloused to God and, and put on this, this new self where, where our hearts are softened to God and we allow God to get inside of us and, and we allow him to change what's going in on our hearts and the way that we think. My, my wife, Hannah, is, is learning to play the guitar and she's actually getting really, really good at it. And it's awesome because she sings me to sleep and serenades me. It's wonderful. 
That actually doesn't happen. <laughs> but uh, it'd be cool if it did. Anyway, um, so, so she's, she's learning how to play the guitar. And, and her fingers, because she's playing so much, they're starting to get calluses on the end of, of her fingers. And so what happens, I mean, this is important so that you don't feel the pain anymore when you're, when you're pressing on the strings and, and you can just play. You don't have to worry about that. And so this is a really, really good thing. She wants her, her, her uh, fingers to form calluses, right? She wants that. But in our spiritual lives, living calloused to God is not the goal. It's not who you are. Once we were in darkness to God and, 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 and allowing him to, to affect our hearts, but now because our hearts are softened towards him and because we're living in the new life, we allow him to change who we are. We are to be fully aware of God. But what happens sometimes in, in our spiritual life, if, if, you've, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, if you're living in this new life, you could still become calloused to God. You can. And, and, and this has taken shape in my life just in the form of, of sin. And maybe some of you are, are dealing with a sin that, that is cyclical, meaning it's happening over and over and over and over again. And, and there's this cycle that, that when, you, when you fall into this sin, you keep pushing yourself further and further and further and further away from God. And so you end up becoming calloused to him. You no longer feel the conviction anymore. So what happens is you, you end up turning to, to that sin because it's the only thing that, that can actually give you some sort of feeling. And so God, God is, he is, he is wanting you to, to repent of that sin. That is no longer for us to carry because of the blood of Jesus and what he did on the cross. We are to throw off that calloused living God, like, God, I'm so sorry for the way that I've, I'm, I'm living. The biggest thing for me when I was callous to my sin was, was that instead of running away from God I, I, in my sin, I ran to him. I ran as fast as I could to him because I didn't want to live calloused anymore. This idea of, of calloused living isn't for us, for the person that believes in Jesus. We are, we are to have soft hearts for God. To allow him to get inside of our hearts and, and to change us. Romans 6, 1 through 7 says this. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Verse 6 is so important. It says, for for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I, I want to let you know that, that you are no longer bound by sin. It does not have any authority over your life because you have been made new in Christ Jesus. You have the same resurrection into life that Jesus had. 
The shackles are broken. Christ has authority, and he has made you new. Your identity is not in sin anymore. Your identity is in Christ. He's making us new. He's making us more like him. We are also to put off our deceitful desires. Read Ephesians, Ephesians 4.22. It says, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Like the old way of, of living is, is living in, in this idea of deceit. Like, like the things that we desire are, are, are not truth. The opposite of deceit is truth. And, and what God is, he is saying is that because you've been made new, you are to put off your deceitful desires and, and you are to pursue holiness and righteousness. Mark Clark, a pastor that I was listening to, he, he said that, that God does not want to change what you do. He wants to change what you want to do. God is after your mind. He's after your heart. And he knows that if, if, he, can, if he can get into your mind and, and if you allow him to, to change your heart, then, then, the, then the actions are going to follow. Jesus did not die to make you appear better. He didn't, he didn't die so that, so that you could look better in front of all of your friends. That's not the reason Jesus died. He, he died to make you righteous. He died to make you holy. He died to change your heart, to change the way that you think. He died to make you more like God. Look at what verse 24 says. It says, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. God wants you to pursue righteousness and holiness. He isn't after your behavior because he knows that the behavior is going to follow. Jesus didn't die just for behavior modification. He died to change your desires, to make you more like Christ, to make you more like himself. He wants the deepest part of you, the deepest part of you. Anytime you see Jesus in the New Testament correcting the Pharisees, these, these religious leaders that, that followed the law, and a lot of them were, were very, very hypocritical, but anytime you see him correcting them, he doesn't correct their behavior. He, he gets at their hearts. He gets at their motivations. He, he gets at their reasons why. Like, why are they doing these things? Look at, look at what Matthew uh, chapter 23, uh, verse 25 and 26 say. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Jesus is after your hearts. Because he knows that everything flows out of your heart. Everything flows out of the way that you think, the thoughts that you're having. He wants to get a hold of your desires. And when he gets a hold of our desires, we, we stop doing things to, to make us look better, but, but rather we, we do these, these things because we, we love him. Our desires change because, because we are so madly in love with our Savior that we want to do everything we can to honor and glorify him. God wants to get a hold 
of your desires. And he wants you to move towards righteousness and holiness. And, and Paul isn't talking about the big sins. When he's talking about righteousness and holiness, he, he's not talking about things like, like looking at pornography or, or cheating on your husband or, or cheating on your wife. He's not talking about those things that everybody else can see. That's not what he's talking about. He, he's talking about the small sins. When he's talking about moving towards righteousness and holiness, he, he's talking about the little stuff. He wants to get at your pride and how, and how you think that, and that, you, that you're better than everyone else. He, he wants to get at the way that you think about other people. Like you might not be saying to their face that you don't really like them or you think what they just said is stupid, but you are definitely thinking it. God wants to get at your thoughts. He doesn't want to just change the way that you look. He wants to, he wants to get at your minds. He, he wants to get at the movies that you watch the TV shows that you watch. Like, like Jesus wants to get at who you are when you're alone. Like what happens when, when no one else is around? Pursuing righteousness and holiness is, is pursuing him in, in the alone time when nobody else is around. When you start pursuing righteousness and holiness, you are going to feel this. There's this quote that I love. I love it so much. A.W. Tozer, who's one of my favorite authors, he says that the closer to God that you get in your relationship with him, the more sinful you feel. You will know you are pursuing God when the smallest sins, when the smallest, you're, you're nitpicking yourself, the smallest sins start to convict you on a very, very deep level. You will know that you are following him when the smallest things start to convict you on a very, very deep level. You know, I uh, played baseball when I was younger, and uh, it's my favorite sport uh, pretty much of all time. I love it so much. Um, I'm a Cubs fan. Any, anybody else a Cubs fan? Yeah. woo Somebody laughed. That's rude. It was rude, <laughs> sir. I know they just got eliminated from the playoffs, but it's okay. Anyway, um, but I, I, I grew up loving baseball. My dad and I would play catch in the backyard all the time. I'd, I'd pitch to him, um, and I'm very thankful for him. Anyway, um, but, but so I, I would play, and, and when I played, I would play during the summer, and so it was hot, but I didn't care. And so it was game time. I would get ready, um, and I'd put on my uniform. And baseball uniforms are so warm, but it doesn't matter because you're playing baseball. And so I would, I would pull up my, my red socks, knee-high socks. They were very thick, and, and then I would uh, put on my, my baseball pants. They were gray, and they had like a red pinstripe on the side, and um, I played for the Millard Red. It's not a very like creative name, but that's what I played for, and so, and so then I would, I would put on my jersey, and it had my number on the back and, and my, my team name on the front, and then I'd button it, and, and I'd tuck it in, and I'd put on my belt, and, and I used to have like this really, really long bushy hair, and so I'd put on my hat, but it really wouldn't stay on that well, and um, it was red and blue, but but then it was time to go to the game. I was ready. I had, my, I had put on all of my uniform, and I was ready to go. And so then it was time to go to the ball field, and, and we would drive there. And, and when I got there, people knew why I was there. Like if they were to look at me, they would say, okay, he's here to play baseball for Miller Red. And we were pretty good, so they were probably pretty nervous, right? And so like, like they knew why we were there. I knew why I was there. I was there to fight for my team. I was there to beat the other team. I was going to do whatever I could to help our team win. 
My question for you is, is do people know what team you are for? You, you may have accepted Christ as your Savior, but, but when you go out into the world, do, when people look at you, do they know that you are wearing the new self, that you no longer have on the old self? Because there is so much more freedom in being who you are than staying stuck in who you were. Do people know? Every morning, do you, do you put on the new self? When you get up, when, in the days that you don't feel like it, do you put on the new self? Do people know what team you are fighting for? We need to be who Jesus created us to be. Ephesians 5, 8 through 9, it says this. It says, for you were once darkness. Not in darkness, you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the lightness in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Live as children of the light. Be who you were created to be. Allow Jesus to get inside of your heart and, and to change the way that you, you feel about people that you don't necessarily like. Allow him to change the way that you think. Like no longer are you going to watch those movies that you once did because you know that, that God wouldn't want you to. Give him the deepest parts of you. He wants it. He really, really wants it. We're no longer bound to darkness. Isn't that good news? The good news of the, the gospel and what Jesus did for you on the cross means that we no longer are bound to darkness. We are no longer tied to our old selves in the way that we once lived, but we are now able to walk in light and we are able to become more and more and more like Jesus. So let's be free in who God made you to be. Let go of, let go of the old self and grasp on to the new self. I'm going to have the band come out, and, and we're going to play our, our last song. But while, while the band is playing, um, we want to pray with you. We, we really want to pray with you. And so maybe, maybe you have been a Christian for many, many years. Like you have been following the Lord faithfully for a long time. And you've been pursuing righteousness and holiness. And, and maybe you just need prayer to keep going. Like that, that God would continue to give you the strength to continue to pursue him every single day. We would love to pray with you. Maybe you're a Christian here. You have claimed Jesus as your savior and, and you are stuck in a sin that you just can't seem to, to get out of. We, we would love, 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 love to pray that God would release you from that sin today. That you would be set free from that sin love to pray with you. Maybe you are here today and you've never made the choice to follow Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've never stepped from your old self into your new self, into who God has made you to be. So maybe today is that day that you would, you would recognize your sin and that you would repent of that sin and, and you would accept Jesus as your Savior and you would step into everything that he has for you. And if you're watching online, we, we would love to pray for you as well. 
on, on the page, um, there's, there's, a, there's a prayer request tab. And, and if you click on that, you can write in a prayer request and we would love, love to pray for you. And so during this last song, we're gonna have people standing on both sides of the auditorium and, and they're just gonna be there to pray for you. No judgment, we just wanna pray. We just wanna pray with you. And so um, as we sing, when you are ready, uh, you can go ahead and make your way um, to those people and, and yeah, we're gonna pray and it's gonna be great.